0: Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, Round 5 and Super Rugby AU, or like, as we like to say it, Super Rugby Gold Round 2 um, preview here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, we have more live sports. Isn't this great? After all this lockdown stuff, and uh, yeah, we, we can uh, be a bit smug looking at other countries who aren't managing to, uh, to get themselves into ship shape. This evening, I am joined by um, Steve, or Cornflake. How are you doing, sir?
1: Doing very, very well. Good to be back again, Paul. Talk some more live rugby, an amazing sport coming out of our two countries. Uh, yep, the rest of the world not looking too flash. So all the eyes are on us. Isn't it great?
0: It is, absolutely. And uh, from across the ditch, bringing us our Aussie um, point of view, we've got Shane. How are you doing, sir?
1: Good, thanks, Paul. How are you? It's good to... Have some rugby back on a Friday night in in, in the land down under and New Zealand. Um, we're just um, just how good is it? Just rugby, rugby back, rugby unites, rugby heals.
0: Yes, and I'm 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 being delusional. I'm drinking summer ale, trying to pretend it's warm here um, when it's not. Um here in New Zealand. It's still cold. But look, but thankfully it's looking like a dry weekend worth of games, which will be good. Uh, we've had some wet ones recently, haven't we? Um and if you've been following some of the uh oh um Coreflake, what's that? So what's the other channel we've been doing some stuff for?
1: Good for the game. The good for the game. Colors.
0: There we go. Uh so good game podcast. Um we've been doing some stuff for them and yeah. They don't think much to my weather predictions. So me saying it's going to be dry means, you know what, folks? Get your umbrellas out. Um, Umbrella, Umbrellas and gumboots is uh, is the order of the day, because I'm saying it's going to be dry this weekend, um, which is good. Kicking us off, we are going to head to Melbourne. Ah, oh, no, we're not. We're going to head to somewhere else, aren't we? Um, Brookvale Oval. Brookvale Oval. There we go. Uh, in uh, in Sydney or just outside of Sydney? Manly.
1: Yep, Manly. It's, uh, it's, Manly, uh, Sydney. For Northern someone from...
0: From someone from the from 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 England, I will tell you, um, yeah, Sydney's close enough um, <laughs> as far as from a geography point of view.
1: From my little <laughs> small town perspective, wouldn't have a clue. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I'm really. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the uh, the rebels versus the Reds there. Um, so the rebels look when they left, they weren't sure whether they were going home or not, uh, and so this has all been done a bit on the fly. So first off um congratulations to rugby australia over there uh, the rebels and the reds for keeping the show on the road well done guys um and thank you for for doing that um so uh, but shane how do you think they'll have coped with uh, the fact that they are still on the road and they're not um they've not been able to go home
1: yeah i wonder i wonder about that paul and i've wondered about that all week particularly with um a lot of the afl clubs as well um, having to move to Queensland and New South Wales before some of them go off to Western Australia next week. Um...
0: Oh, dear. Um, looks like uh, Shane's um, connection is a bit dodgy tonight and he's got him frozen on us. Oh, dear. Shame about that. And um, we'll uh, hopefully uh, that'll sort its, um, itself out. Um, Steve? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, as he's there saying, Look, they're having to travel, it's been a bit of a problem. Let's just quickly run through that lineup then Gibbon, Ulasey, um, Fami Asuli, uh, Philip Stolberg, Kemi, Hardwick, Wells, as you pack Lawrence and Tumuma running things, Corribetti without the beard. I'll tell you, it was hard to recognize him. Um, on the other side, Andrew Kelloway, the apparently inform player, even though he's not played for three months. Um, Meeks and McGann in the middle there, and Dane Hell and Petty at some um, at fullback. Um, again, uh,
2: yeah.
0: another other team with skill, uh, in, in, in the backs there. Um, uh, and uh, a forward pack that um that stood up last weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something you've got to be proud of, isn't it? That forward pack before we get on to the forward pack. Isn't it? Don't you find it weird how they've, they've gone back to Campbell Magnet in, in midfield? Not gone back to, but put in Campbell Magnet over uh, Reese Hodge in that midfield spot. I uh, found that really, really strange. Sort of, you know, one round in, you're rotating already, whatever, Rebels. But yeah, their pack. I mean, if they're going to look at the positives from last week, the pack has to be that number one positive. They stood up far beyond what was expected from them. I didn't even think they'd even probably bother to try and go that sort of uh, way in that sort of style of game against the, uh, the Brumbies last week, but they really did. Put in a performance, I think they could be uh, quite proud of it and, and build on as well, which is the important thing because they're going to be up against, I think, a similar sort of style as, of play with this Reds team as well. So yeah, good for players to, to step it up there and especially I think guys like Kimi, uh who's he, come on quite nicely uh, for Australia, another guy who's, Stepped up to a good good level as well. Uh, Matt Phillip is a, is a name I pointed out pre-season of, of the starting who I thought was going to be key to them. He's very, very good in the second row, almost like another flanker in the way he plays and gets around the field. So good from the pack. The Rebels aren't known to perform that sort of way from their forwards, so it is brilliant to see them doing that. Now they need to convert that and get the, the backs going just as well too because I still have my concerns and reservations about that link-up man. Matt Tamua, is he going to get that production from the forwards? Can he give that forward momentum to his backs? I think that's where they struggled last weekend, and they need to sort that out as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a player that I think a lot of us think of as good, a good, a good distributing twelve, not really a ten um, in there. Uh, Matthew or Ainsley, Hossie, uh, Hannigan, um, Leota, um, Lomani, uh, and Reese Hodge there on the bench. Uh, yeah interesting to see vessels come out and talk and talk about the fact that um that Hodge um and Magne had had a hard couple of weeks. Are you like they are only one game in. They've not even had two weeks worth of play. So I'm not quite sure what's um going on there. A uh, good comment by Nocturnal Rights mentioning that yeah there's some confusion um some confused looks by the fullbacks last last week um trying to figure out when a kick is a, 20, a 50 22 or when um, a kick's gone in goal, as to is it a 22 dropout or not? Well, folks, no more 22 dropouts, full stop. Um, I think that's really the only one that's been a that's, that's been a um, uh, that, that I think we've not been happy with, is it? That's those is that goal line dropout.
1: Yeah, I think the players, well, the players who do the kicking certainly knew what was going on uh, with the, uh, the touchline, 50 22s, et cetera. Uh, the goal line stuff, yeah, that was a bit of a shambles. No one really knew whether. Well, what were the repercussions are going to be if, if they took it back or if it was bouncing in there? It's kind of if, if I think we will see a change this weekend. It's going to force teams. Hopefully, they've learned from that weekend. They've got a week of under their belt. They'll know, hey, if it's rolling in the into my end goal, doesn't matter. I I can't sit back and wait for it to uh to roll into my end goal and, and play the safe game of twenty two. I need to get back there and get that ball as soon as possible so I can get it back the other way because that is going to you know that's going to punish me if I can't get it back and kick it back down the other side as quickly as I can. So that does you know, bring that sort of aspect to the game. It, the actual act of the goal line dropout, yeah, pointless, uh, weird, doesn't really advantage the team that's attacking. So if you get held up over the line, you know, it, it kind of puts away from teams to be trying to try that sort of forward play as much as they would have in the past. But yeah, the, the kicking game... If I want to look at a positive from the new laws, it is the fact that that can change the game very, very quickly. The team under the pump can get a good punt away and turn a defensive play into an attacking play with your own set piece. So that's a positive if you want to look at it. Yeah, it's, it's not rugby as we know it, but it can quickly change the game. And, you know, if teams are struggling, it doesn't take them away from trying something. that can they can quickly get them back on that attacking front as well. So there, there's a there's a little positive in there that we can take from it. Is it going to be an internationally groundbreaking sort of law change? I can't see that happening though.
0: No, I mean, I, it was it was still rugby as we kind of know it. But I, I think I, I, they didn't, didn't look like a totally different game, so that, that was fine um, hmm. for me. Yeah, if the opposition or if the attacking team kick it over the line, you put it down. You would you would have got a twenty two dropout before. And then you've got the option of kicking deep or kicking short to try and win it. If you're kicking from your own goal line um, and it's got to go five metres, you're not kicking short, are you? (laughs) Because if you don't collect it, your position is going to get it. So it removes the tactical options there. You just have to kick it long. You've got no choice. Um, What is interesting is you can take it from anywhere along that line. It doesn't have to be from under the posts. So it's going to be interesting to see if some teams do play with some tactics that way um, and uh, shift where they're actually kicking it from. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. how that, um, uh, how that all goes. Um, good evening to everyone in the live chat. Great to have you there. This is a real cool way to get yourselves ready for um, the games that are about to kick off. So let's then now look at um, the Reds then over there. Who put uh, Panga Moza, Tupu, um, Blythe, Salakala, Ailotto in the um, engine room. Wright, McWright, Wilson. Uh, those young, loose forwards, um, really a good crowd um, there. McDermott and O'Connor running things. With Hamish Stewart, that second playmaker in the 12 jersey, and Pius Army uh, in the 13. Uh, Duguni, um, Campbell, and Hegarty are your back three. So another playmaker in that 15 jersey. Um, Matthew Smith, Nasser, um, Tuolami, uh, Scott Young, Malula, um, Fanga, Soti, and Fluke um, there, with Fluke uh, being his potentially his debut uh, this weekend. So um, yeah, going again with those, with that three playmaker option, uh, interesting one um, by the Reds there.
1: Yeah, well, we talked about this last week, didn't we, about have the Reds going with that option of having those three guys who can, who can obviously run the thing, run the show at number 10. But I think we've seen a different sort of style of play from those people. Now, James O'Connor definitely was the man who ran that show. Uh, Hamish Stewart played such a different game to the Hamish Stewart we would see in a number 10 jumper. So Stewart was, was very direct. He, he ran a lot. Uh, he took the line on, and he kind of played like, I, I guess, like you'd expect a 12 to play, uh, not like a, a 10 playing out of position. So that was fresh. I think he, he didn't try and influence himself too much. He, he come popped in and out, as you'd expect the forward to do. He took over those duties if required. But I was most impressed by the way that Hamish Stewart played that role at twelve didn't overplay his hand, didn't try to force himself in at 10, stayed outside, took on that defense, and was a running, carrying threat in the game, which is something we haven't seen from him. I think he benefited as well by knowing that he didn't have that pressure of, oh, crap, if I take on the line, I've got to go back and I've got to set up to kick or I've got to set up the next play. He could go into a breakdown with confidence to know that I don't need to be up in the back line for that next phase. I can carry... And, you know, we've got James O'Connor back there. We've got Hegarty who can carry on for me. So I think that freedom gave him a, a bit more confidence to play his own game. And I think he he had his best game in the Reds jumper, obviously, for quite a long time. And take McDermott as well. He is, I think, one of the best number nines running around in Australian rugby. A real force around the ground. A great pass, fast, strong for a man of his size, as most nines are. But, yeah, really impressive from him. And, of course, the pack we know. The Reds' pack is is really strong, really mobile, uh, gets around the park really. I was impressed by Fraser McWright, another new name, complimented very well the Captain Liam Wright. Gets really confusing with Wright and McWright in there. So, uh, yeah, nice nice pack. Benefits coming from that back line playing like that. And, you know, if you're sitting there, Brad Thorne, and you watch that game, you say, I don't need to change anything here. That My team played pretty well, and we had plenty to build on. And no one really looked lost in their game. And the Reds should definitely take heart from that. And they can go on and up from there with another week under their belt.
0: Um, good point there by three, Pete, saying um, anybody in the uh, Bradthorne's Red team other than James O'Connor over 30. Yeah, look, this is a very young side. Um, that is uh, that's, that's true. There is not much um, uh, experience in that team. Um so yeah no they they're doing really well. I mean obviously a, a number of their experienced players decided not to re-sign contracts um and um while they're um, while, while they're not uh, so so yes that's that also his, his hand has been partially forced but yeah he's definitely looking at some um, at youth which is good. Um now interestingly uh, Jordan Clark said, I'm predicting some upsets this weekend but not tonight. He's gone Reds by 13. Wow that's a big margin. Um what's your call on this one Shay? Uh, Steve sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him uh, maybe not by 13 but I really like the Reds I like how they play the Rebels surprised me last week I think they played a lot better than I was expecting but I think they're going to be up against the same sort of style and I think the Reds are going to be more focused I think they're going to get better as they play more we've seen that over the last probably season and a half from them now and I think they're going to get the job done here over the Rebels by 4 points
0: See, I, 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 think the rebels are the. I, I think the rebels are actually the favourite. So I think they should be the favourites in this one. Um, and I'm back in rebels by three. Um, I think it's going to be a rebels, uh, brumbies final. I think they're the best two sides, um, quite clearly in this competition. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. So there you go, folks. I'm uh, apparently trying to pick it. I'm picking an upset when I thought I was picking a, uh, um, the favourite when I, when, when I picked it. So, so there you go. Moving on to the second game this weekend, which is the Crusaders versus the Blues. The big one this weekend. Um, quickly run through that blue side then. Moody, Taylor, Alalatoa, Whitelock, Dunshay, Saunders, Christie, Douglas as the pack. Hall, Moanga um, with Goodju and Enor in the centres there. Bridge, Reese, and Havili are the back three. Makaleo, Boa, Jaeger, Quinton Strange, Havili, um, Sione at this time um, to uh, come off the bench uh, with um, Drummond, Payer and Will Jordan. So ain't a little bit of noise about Will Jordan being on the bench, but essentially this is the um uh this is this this crusaders team yeah look it's it's their first choice with a little bit rotation isn't it
1: well yeah that's interesting too what is in the mind of uh scott robinson to say what is your first choice team what is your best 15 you could put out on the paddock at one time he's got headaches if that is the case because how do you fit four into three without putting someone out of position essentially what i I guess I have been surprised about all this rotation in that back three, but he's resisted the temptation to do anything about his midfield partnership of Goodhue and Enor. When, when we started the season, we said, oh, Brad and Enor at 13, you know, where's his best spot? Is he a winger? Is he a midfielder? Where, where does he fit in as the best place? It seems they have gone with that Enor 13 and, and Goodhue 12 sort of combination and it looks like they're going to say, that's it. You guys are going to play together all season long. Brad and Enor, if you're a future uh, All Black or, or whatever it is coming from you, you're going to build this partnership here in this position, uh, with the I see the current or you know, he's he's up there with one of the top number twelves um in New Zealand rugby. So that's that's nice for for him to get that sort of clarification, I guess, is where he's going for his future as well. But yeah, so much depth in, in the Crusaders, it's almost embarrassing, isn't it, when they can drop a guy like Will Jordan to the bench and still have guys like Severu Reese and David Harvey and, and George Bridge coming back off the bench. It's just crazy the talent that that team has and it, I mean that's why they're so good when you can give Will Jordan he's he's cranked it up for the last few weeks have a rest son have a have a you know have a 20-minute dig off the end of this game keep fresh don't overwork yourself and that's why they're always you know at at the peak of New Zealand rugby
0: yeah no so they can rotate and it is rotating for this isn't Will Jordan being yeah. dropped for any reason he's just being rotated yep. Um, from this, uh, Nocturnal Right saying we don't want to go down too many rabbit holes, but just very briefly, he's gone and said um, good you might be the uh, uh, the All Blacks 12, and that's the plan for him there. Well, funny that, but you've also got Antonella Brown playing in the 12 jersey at the moment, so the two th- the two kind of 13s from the All Blacks both playing in 12 um, at the moment. So yes, I think that they're that uh, they that, yeah they they see 12 and 13 as being pretty interchangeable. Um, you're probably only looking at La Mape, who's an out and out 12. As opposed to being able to play both positions um of all the all the contenders. So uh, yeah, I think they, they they want players to be able to play both um on the whole. Um so yeah, so no weak links there in that um, Crusaders lineup. I guess the only question is around those again, and we say this all the time, but they always stand up, um, which is the six and seven in Christian Saunders, perhaps a bit young, perhaps a bit inexperienced, got a couple of injuries in that space. Um because um, oh, I've got one blank as to who the um, Callum Grace, wasn't it? Um, yeah, who was the... Callum the Grace, second... Billy
1: Harmon, Ether Blackadder, yep. all out injured.
0: <laughs> all out injured. So a, a bit of injuries there. Um, but uh, And so uh, if the Blues are going to win it, then they're going to need Akiriwani, um, Dalton Papilehi, and Hosking Satutu to really step up in those Lucy's positions. positions. Um, run through the rest of the side then. Hodgman, Parsons and Fasi on the front row. Uh, Tupolotu and Goodhue in the engine room. That's uh, those Lucy's that I mentioned. Then you're Finlay Christie and a Terry Black um, running thing. So Finlay Christie coming on and Ruru dropping to the bench. Uh, in the centres, Harry Plummer and Rico Wani with TJ Fayani again dropping to the bench. Caleb Clark, Mark Talia, uh, who has been one of the outstanding um, new players uh, in Super Rugby. And then Bowden Barrett at 15. Coming off the bench, Eklund, um, Carl Tornacafi, uh, so that your Black is back on the bench. Mafaleo. Um, And Carroll and Gibson are your forwards replacements. Ruru, TJ Fiani, and Matt Duffy, the backs replacements. So I guess the big talk really is that 12 jumper, isn't it? TJ Fiani to me, the unsung hero of that back line that holds it all together defensively. Harry Plummer, the young uh, sort of fly half from Auckland, um, getting his chance to be that second playmaker. A bit like the Reds playing three playmakers um, in here with Terry Black and Bowdoin Barrett. Uh, is this the way forward? Having your 12 as your uh, as as, as a playmaker, um, rather than a bashing runner?
1: Well, I mean, if you've got a good one that you can bring in, then possibly that would be the case, but I don't think the Blues have that good one that they can bring into that spot at all. Uh, it's kind of you're getting near the end of the barrel, aren't you, when you're bringing on. Harry Plummer to start. No offence to him. I mean, he's been good at at Mitre 10 Cup level and that sort of place. But when he steps up here, we've seen him in the past really struggle uh, with this level. And I'm really surprised they've gone with this sort of idea now against the Crusaders. This, I don't think, is their best time to do it. They've got plenty of other opportunities. Even the Highlanders would be a better stab at, at throwing this out. Um, of course the Chiefs would be the optimal time to do it and the Hurricanes would also be the best chances to do it. Not here against Crusaders, not now when this is, you know, we talked about it, it's a round robin. You've got to top the table, getting in second and then making to a final or third, fourth, whatever. Not You're not going to cut the mustard here. They've got to win these big clashes and to change the style of play that surely this will bring does have me quite perplexed as to why they're doing that now, why it hasn't been something they've done early in the season. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit bit confused about Plummer and I don't have the most, most faith in him uh, as a player at this level yet because we've seen in the past that things go wrong from him, things start crumbling around him, he doesn't have that um, self-belief or self-confidence that, you know, if Bowden Barrett stuffs something up, you know the next play he's going to be right up there trying it again or, or trying saying, yeah. so he's got that uh, belief. Sure, he's one of the best players in the world. Okay, it's that's a, that's a different kind of comparison. But if you want to play at this level, you've got to have that self-belief and self-confidence not to drop your head, to get up, go again, especially for the Blues if they want to really fully commit to being this best team in New Zealand again that they're, they're so striving to be. They're, they're almost there and it just seems a weird time to come out there throwing that that sort of curveball at them. And uh, all I can really think is they're going to just play 100% territory. Pretty much, if you're not attacking the Crusaders 22, you're kicking the ball. Um, get those big boys up there to get you in a good spot, get you going forward, put the defence on the back foot, play it back, get one of these guys to just thump it downfield and just keep on attacking that way. And that that's going to be, I think, their best uh, form of attack is really that set-piece sort of defence and, and kicking for territory.
0: Yeah, we talking, so Steve and I have have been on, a, I say, another show already talking about all of this. So, um, and uh, you, yeah, you, you, you've, 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 you've softened your opinion slightly on um, on, uh, <laughs> on on Harry Plummer over the past couple of hours. Um, look, again, yeah, my initial position was: look, you've got three kickers in there; that's going to be just yes, kick out, kick, um, yeah, force force the the Crusaders to uh, to play long. But maybe, just maybe, what they're thinking of here is: look, um, I'm. Let's get another distributor in there at 12 and spin that ball wide. So Rico Iwani, Mark Talia, Caleb Clark, and Bowden Barrett. That back four has wheels. Absolute wheels. So um maybe, just maybe, um, we'll see them switch it up and surprise everybody by spinning it wide to those guys. Is that is that a clever game plan? Mm, not sure. Um, personally, but um, but we'll we'll, we'll we'll see how it how it's um, how it pans out. The
1: Crusaders are going to play. I think they're going to drag this down to a test match sort of style of play um, because they know how to play that sort of style of game. I think regardless of how the Blues play or what sort of tactical abilities they have with this sort of style, they're going to be close because the Crusaders, yes, they want to score points, but they'll want to drag their opponents down, make them work too hard, um, drive them, tire them like we seen last week where they can – really absolutely hammer it right at the end. So they've got to, they'll they'll drag this game into the area they want to, as the Crusaders always do. So expect it to be close and tight. Whether the Blues can turn it into confidence and make something from it is going to be ultimately how they decide this game. But if the Crusaders have their way, they'll grind it down. They'll wear them out, tie them down and then bang, right at the end, 20 points on. And we've seen what happens last week.
0: Wow. So so what's your call then? 20 points on at the end there. Um, What do you... uh... (laughs) what's your call
1: uh my call is is certainly the Crusaders uh what was my margin eight points so yeah, I mean maybe the Blues could lead this at the end but they're not gonna win it I think the Crusaders are just too good right at the end they're just yeah too good throughout it's too good of a team they're at home the Blues are changing their style it's just they're gonna struggle I think I, I can't see a good way here for the blues
0: yeah I've gone with Crusaders by um, by three um so but the big question really is um Steve, what's uh, what 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 is the uh, the whiskey that you're drinking?
1: <laughs> it's just whiskey from the bottle shop. I can't even know what brand it is, but it, it certainly is whiskey. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have to find yeah. out now.
0: As it's from the bottle not, shop, I'm pretty sure it's a blend. It's not it's not a single malt, Aaron. Oh, um, no, you know, it's, it's just this. a
1: cheap Jack Daniels. <laughs> Shouldn't <be> on that, <laughs> there we go. Good old Jack. Um, Cheers, Jack. Uh,
0: so. Um, so yes, I think yeah, a few people have it. I mean yeah, I've got the jersey there. A Few of us would love to see the Blues win it, but in the end, I think yeah, sensible. All the sensible money is on the um, the Crusaders in this one. You Support are, listening
1: fellow to... South Islanders.
0: South, <laughs> you are listening to New Zealand Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can listen to us on the go. Um, just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on your favourite podcatcher, be that iCast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Acast. Um, and uh, listen to us on the go, or you can watch You can watch us on Facebook, check the Facebook page, or YouTube as well. So then, straight after that, um, we go into a game that is really head and heart for everybody, I think. Um, the Waratahs versus um, the Western Force. Looking at uh, the Tarzan, so Bell, Abel, Johnson, Holmes is the front row. Hannigan and Simmons in the engine room there, with Swinton, Hooper, and Harris are the Lucy's. Mitch Short um still in uh, the uh, there with Will Harrison um, to run things. In the centers, Joey Walton and Alex Newsom, uh the wings. Mark oh dear, Marky Mark. Um James Ram and Jack Maddox. Um Nakwane Atasi um, is my get is my go at, at, some, at that. I oh, know I've got it wrong, I'm sorry. On the bench, Horton, Faulkner, um, Turkapulu, uh, Stanley Forth, uh, Dempsey. Um, mcdonald and then uh, they've got a slash one either donaldson or moreo and then finally carmichael hunt is back as well so um looking at uh yeah look a lot, a lot of uh, quite quite a few um wallabies in there a uh, but the problem with these tars is that basically they're less than some of their parts aren't they normally
1: oh the war Tars, goodness me if rugby was played on paper They might do quite well, you would imagine. They've got some good names in there, don't they? But they just don't have those standout performers, those guys that lead from the front. Although some would argue Michael Hooper is that man, I'd argue against them. If you look at them last week, I was writing my review uh, of these Australian games last week or after last weekend. And I wanted to try and pinpoint who I thought had great games for the Waratahs. And you look through this team and no one bar Will Harrison really stood out in that matchup from the Waratahs, he was great. He he was in everything. He was composed. He he looks like he's been there for years. He just really directs his team around quite nicely. But no one else really stood up. Mitch Short was okay. I think he come good at the end. Um, he was quite impactful though at the start. He was a bit average. Uh, Will Harris as well was another one I thought come good at the end as well for the for the Waratahs. But over the whole eighty minutes, if you're going to pinpoint a man, Will Harrison was that guy. I think they work need to work on their continuity and their backs as well. I feel sorry for Joey Walton. Such a big moment for him. He got some absolute horrid, horrid passes from inside and outside. James Ram threw one at his mug to slap him in the face. Uh and and you'd expect more, especially with like Alex Newsom, you know, the experienced guy linking them in, in the middle of that center pairing, going out to your wingers. That was a bit yeah, they they need to say more in there of those two. So we need to see more from some from Walter Newsom. Um, especially in that midfield, if they're going to actually take it to that next level. Uh, Jack Maddox was good at the back. Uh, I thought he was when he did come forward. He he had a bit of an impact, but he didn't see much from him elsewhere on there. And the forwards, yeah, they're shambles, aren't they? Though, that forward pack. So, uh the shining light, Will Harrison. He's a shining light, not only for the Waratahs, but he's a shining light for Australian rugby as well.
0: Yeah. Um. And uh, from uh from uh, from, uh, from Twitter, um, Will Harrison eight looked keen. Um. As yeah. well. Um, but yeah, look, it's 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 the young guys that are looking good, looking good, isn't it, out of this rather than the experienced ones who should be leading. And that's the problem with this yeah. task team is that, yeah, look, it's your hoopers, your Simmons. He's captain um, and these kind of guys who should be leading this team. Um, but um, uh, but they're not uh, looking then. Um, so, yes, the heart pick. For this one is definitely uh, the Western force. Now, um, we're going to have a disagreement on this one. I think we've got basically a, a lots of players who just aren't quite up to Super Rugby standard, plus with, with a few guys who have been brought in late on. Um, but um, Cornflake will uh, tell you differently. I'm just going to run through this side, then He'll, he can tell you um, how far I'm wrong. Um, Wagner, Kaitou, Longbottom uh, is the front row, Thrush and uh, Lee Warner in the engine room. Um, Stowers, Fr- um, Fer- Ferris and Stander are the Lucy's. I'm not sure what all these thumbs up are about. Uh, Ian Pryor and John O'Lance will be running things with Just and Branch uh, in the uh, centres. Langley, Ralston, and McGregor are the uh, back three. We've got Ready, Heiberg, Holmes, um, Bardol, um, Callanan to come off the bench of for the forwards, and Abel, um, Tafu, and Godwin um, off in the backs as well. So come on then, Cornflake, talk about the spine of this team.
1: Oh, the spine is glorious. Now, the spine was the thumbs up. So if you're keeping track of Paul going through the team there, you should know exactly who I'm going to talk about. Now, it's experience, isn't it, playing this level? It's easy to say that the force are made up of everyone that, you know, the Waratahs, the Brumbies, the Reds and the Rebels didn't want. But this is a team, I think, that has that experience, has dragged those players away from Super Rugby, has pulled them over to Global global Rapid Rugby and has built a team nicely around them. And the cool thing is about the Western Force is those guys that you've brought back, the, the Ian Pryor, the John Lancers, the Kyle Godwins, they are Force players. So those are guys that have played for the Force already. So it's really good for the Force and, and good for Australian rugby as well, although they will never agree to it, but that the Force have that pulling power to bring those guys back. They want to go back and play for the Force back in Super Rugby, which means that that club by no means is a dead sort of place in Australian rugby. It is well and truly alive and kicking. Probably No, not probably. It does have the best supporter base in Australian rugby still, even though until this weekend they haven't been super rugby um, teams going there or playing there at all. So it looks, again like they should have a decent shout at it. You're going to have leaders throughout, the, the long bottoms and the thrush. Jeremy Thrush is a, a vastly experienced player that will lead this side in the pack. Uh, Henry Stowers is, and Bernard Stander have been guys who have been around um, domestically and in Super Rugby as well. We talked about Prior and Lance, if you haven't seen them in Super Rugby, then, you know, maybe go back and watch some some games from two or three seasons ago. Marcel Braki, he is uh, the new Matt Hodgson of Western Force Rugby. He is uh, the life and blood of this team as well. So they've got guys that have been there for ages. They've got guys with that passion. They still have a couple of guys who know what it was like to play for the Western Force back in the Super Rugby days. So I'll bring that back. I think they're going to be passionate. That is the, the most key thing is that they're going to come into this And they're going to want to prove a point. They're going to want to beat up the Brumbies because they're going to want to stick it to Australian rugby and say, you made a wrong decision uh, back in 2017 or whenever it was that they got the kick out from Super Rugby. So they've got things to prove here. The Waratahs, I mean, what have they got to prove? I mean, their season's off to an average start as it is. They're already getting wiped out as everyone's saying the Brumbies are going to run away after this competition. They're on a, a, a running from a banana skin at the moment, uh, the Waratahs, and the Western Force are chasing and whirling it uh, at a hefty pace. And they've got to be really careful because they are a dangerous side that can win it like the Highlanders with that camaraderie of the team and the squad and that unity can make a team of average players quite good. 2015 Super Rugby Champions. Never forget.
0: The... Um- now look, the Force are not shoot shield champs. They might have been the NRC champs last year, but not the shoot shield champs. Shoot shield is a the Sydney Cup Club um competition. Um but look, I do I do believe that yeah, that this is not a that they don't have enough um super rugby talent. Uh and I don't think that those the, the super rugby players they've brought back have had long enough with the players to properly gel. And that's why I think the Tars are going to win this one. But you're right, it is a banana skin um for them, and the force will show plenty of hearts. Um, which is not what I'm expecting to see from the Tars. They're just, they're just, yeah, they're just not, not the right – that's not their style. Still, I think the, start, the Tars will just have too much international quality um, in there, even if we are talking about Wallabies rather than decent internationals, um, and are backing the Tars by three. Yourself, Steve? Oh,
1: shots fired at the Waratahs. Goodness me, they're going down in all angles. I do agree <laughs> with you. I mean, I'd love to see the Western Force pull saying out the back here. It would – I mean, I'll be happy to throw away my 100% pick record for this season for a Western Force win if I get this far through the round uh, with it still intact. But I do think the Waratahs will have enough in the end to get the job done. Uh, I'm going close. I'm going tight. Five points is all I'm going by. But yeah, you've you've got the heatherstick chicken Waratahs versus the passion point-provers of the Western Force. It's sure to be fiery, and I think we should get an entertaining match. If not for the rugby... Uh, but for the passion and maybe a bit of fisticuffs and handbags being tossed around a bit could be nice,
0: yes. So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll maybe it will be. Um, well, Shane talks about generally fight night, uh, Friday night, fight night, uh, but maybe it'll be Saturday <laughs> night, fight night, um, in the old, um, uh, for the in, in the old rugby. There, final game of the weekend, um, is the Hurricanes versus the Highlanders, um, and some interesting selections, you've got to say, by the Hurricanes, May Amua and Lomax in that front row. Um, Blackwell and Scrafton in the engine room. Um, Flanders, Carifi, and Sevilla are the Lucys. TJ Perinara um, is captain on his own, um, which, um, yeah, we'll talk about that one. Um, And with uh, Fletcher Smith there, he comes in for Garden Bashup. And then you've got Lamapi and Arso in the uh, centres. Lamb, Van Wick and Jordy Barrett are the back three. Off the bench, you've got Riccatelli, Rackety Stones, Fidel, Fafita, um, Murphy Taramai um with uh, Jamie Booth Billy Proctor um the man famous for safe offloads at the end of games and um Wes Houston um so the uh, you're looking at um, looking at that and um got to be a bit concerned really uh, temperament wise around TJ Piranaro. look he's been losing it with refs this season um and uh, Dan, Dan Coles Seems seemed to sort of get him under control last week, but he's not there this week, is he?
1: No, so he's got a slight, what they would be calling a um, slight injury. So it must be too bad. It is a calf injury that's seeing him out of this one. So yeah, the armband goes straight to TJ, which is, yeah, a real area of concern because Coles was that calming influence as much as Coles is a bit of a fiery character himself. I think he did control TJ quite well last weekend in you know, areas that could have got quite out of control. Uh, he was pushed aside, I think it actually helped his whole gameplay as well, although I I never agree with what happens later on in the matchup with where he goes positionally to play, that is TJ. But, yeah, Coles definitely had that influence on him last week. So that's missing. Where does TJ go now? Now you're the Highlanders. I'm thinking Highlanders, it's the mental game. Time to play with TJ. Time to really get under him, trying to rattle those bones, get him a little bit flustered because he's really the only leader left in this team now and it, it's going to come down to who's going to contest him he's a captain you got all these guys who are going to come out here and say you know tj that's your job they'll go back 10 they'll they'll do their deed tj's going to be the only one left out there and if referees get a bit short with them and if they, if they say tj go away what do they do find another captain does someone else stand up and take over if that's the situation you find yourself in that is terrible. That is not where you want to be at all. And that happened a couple of weeks ago, didn't it? Where they he wanted to talk to someone else and instead of TJ at the exact same instance, wasn't it?
0: Oh uh, yeah, it was Gareth Evans, who's now injured as it well. So you're looking around right. you and going, okay, Arnie Surveyor, you're going to be yep. captain before the um before the 30th minute. I think it's gonna be
1: <laughs> Would Geordie step up to that role, possibly as well. I don't know. You're looking experienced players. I don't know if is not really an outspoken guy. I don't think he'd really uh do be one to do that. Um and, you know, Ben Lamb's been there all, but he's not going to step up for that sort of role. I wouldn't imagine either.
0: But also, they're too far away for the referee to talk to, right? Yeah. Um, at the true. end of the day. Um, so, I, yeah, I can't look. Um, to me, it's going to be – you're looking at that um, at that pack. You go, well, maybe Ardy. Ben May has got some experience. Um, and Ardy yeah. Surveyor and everyone else there, you're like, yeah, not much. <laughs> um, I mean, Scott Scrafton's just going down for the Blues. Um, not really a, a kind of leader either. Uh, yeah, you're looking around there going, okay, well, who's the leader? So it's gonna be it's yeah, Ardi surveyor to me, um, I think will be there. Um the so yeah, so that's that's uh that, that that's your, your big question mark. Um mm-hmm. yeah, comments uh, from on from Twitter there that uh, uh yeah, that um Van Wick is definitely doing enough to keep Hoosan out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um where's Hoosan? Uh, um yeah, it seems to have been off the boil, definitely off form um since the uh since since it's come back. Whereas Van Wick, um, yeah, has been playing um, really kind of well. Um, Jordy Barrett made a decent return from injury as well last weekend. Um, but yeah, is susceptible to the odd mistake at the back there. Um, and uh, yeah, lots of comments that basically this, that so the matchup between Aaron Smith and TJ Piranara um, is going to be a cracking one. I mean, two guys who really do respect each other a lot. And you can just see that when they do change, when, when they change over. Um, when they were in the All Blacks. But even so, um, I think, uh, yes, there will be a bit of sledging of TJ by Aaron Smith. And let's look at that um, Highlands lineup then. So, Johnson, Dixon, um, Tukalahi as the front row, Parry Parry Parkinson. Um, and yes, other players, you can just say their surnames. So Parry Parry Parkinson, you have to go for the full name there, I'm afraid. Um, Wetton um, with Frizzell Hunt and Makalai Tu'u um, as the Lucy's. Um, Smith and Hunt are there. Um, in the 9 and 10 jerseys, Tomkinson and Thompson are your centres with Nariki. Um, Scott Gregory um, and Collins are the back three. Off the bench, you've got Coltman, Leonard Brown, Thwaites, Selby Rickerty, um, Jesse Parity, um, Hammington, Gatland and Ben Nicholas. That's right. The 23 jersey is being worn by a forward. It's a 6-2 bench there, folks. Um, so I get those to me are the two big talking points, really. Scott Gregory on the wing and a 6-2 bench.
1: Yeah, and the injury to um, Josh Dixon as well in the second row that sees um, Jack Wetton come in uh, a bit of a like-for-like, like, but I think they lose you know, that that usual, that normal expected sort of influence that Dixon did bring to the middle of that um, pack. So that'll be a bit of a loss for them. But yeah, Scott Gregory, boy, I, I hope and pray that he's going to have a better match than he did at fullback. hope he's going to have a bit of that confidence. Maybe that he doesn't have to solely you know do that same job again. It's going to be interesting. So out in the wing, maybe a little bit more freedom, a little bit more ability to express himself is going to be uh, a bit of an interesting aspect. I did want to say about how Geordie Barrett, you know, as Aaron says, he's too far away. Jordy Barrett played pretty much that whole last week game against the Chiefs at fly half. He's, he's not too far away. He, he just controls that whole game himself. So he's, he's right there, I think, as well. But, yeah, the Highlanders, I think it's going to be the same game plan. I mean, unlike the Blues, the Highlanders are smart enough here to go, we know what's working. Yeah, maybe we don't have the caliber of player that we can to change things up and mix things. We're not the Crusaders here. We can't just throw out, you know, the most exciting man in, in the competition so far and bring in another equally exciting player. They know what they've got, they know their strengths, they know their weaknesses. And I feel they place them really, really well. And I think they're getting good stand up performances from guys like Shannon Frazelle. And of course, Marino McAley, too, is phenomenal at number eight. So those guys are going to be key. They're going to have to get that dominance in the pack. And I think they can over the Hurricanes. So that's going to be huge for them to do that. Get that set piece going. Get that dominance going forward. Get the big boys running forward. The goal for that, I think, first choice front row again. Aiden Johnson, Liam Coltman, and, and Siati Tokalahi. So those are those key guys. Um, why have we got Coltman on here twice? I've just noticed my team has Coltman on here twice. So that's really, really bad. Ash Dixon, I expect, would be one of those two. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that pack's going to be important. Play that. Play the usual game. Hope that we can get saying uh, Scott Gregory better than we've seen of him last time he was out. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Frazzle Peronara, melt them down, get them carded and go from there. And contain Laomape, Number one important thing. CO Tompkinson, your job is clear.
0: Absolutely. Um, and uh, yep, yeah, Aaron, you, 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 you makes the point that Scott Gregory is a centre. Yeah, a bit tough for Gregory being played out of position, but unfortunately, with Naeem Elnas um injured um, <laughs> and um, Nabrura, uh injured. Uh, yeah, just with the number of injuries they have got um, is that, yeah, that uh, they're having to play centres on the wings yet again, which is one of the problems with the Highlanders pre-lockdown was, look, they had just so many back three injuries. Um, and this is one of the reasons why they brought um, Melna Scudder in, why he had also in Joshua, he's another guy who's out as well. So, look, a lot of players. Um, and so that's why you've got, uh, you've got Scott Gregory having to fill in uh, in positions that he's not used to. Now, look, I'm weatherman here. Um, says it's going to be a windy, windy game. Now, it depends which direction that wind's coming from. Um, if it's going from the side, then it's um, uh, it's going to be uh, obviously be interesting. But I think uh, if it's going from one of the ends, then, then one half you're going to be kicking, the other half you're going to be having to play out your own half. And that's why I think the Highlands have gone for that 6-2 bench is because I think they're going to, they know their forwards are going to have to go through a lot of work um, in one of the halves playing out of their own half. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's one they've gone with. That I think that's a sensible thing to do. And the uh, Highland and the the, the Canes haven't. Um, and then when you're going to put Jordy, when you put Piranara to ten after about sixty minutes, um, that's going to be a real handicap for um, that Canes team if if kicking is a key element. And I think it is going to be a key element here. Um, so to me, I think the Highlanders have got their selection a lot better um, than the um, Canes have. Quick question in the chat there. McKay, is he injured? Not that I've heard of. Um, He's not on the list
1: of injured players, uh, which they've got two lists of injured players, unavailable um, and season-ending injury. So Joshuani is listed as not season-ending, which is uh, interesting because I thought it was. Uh, But yeah, he's not on the injured uh, list at all. So who knows? Out of favour?
0: Yep. Appears to be so. Um, so CEO has revenge mode against Lamapi, Really? Yeah. Um, I've I've, uh, obviously missed that one. Um, but uh, that'll be clearly a, um, a, an interesting one to keep an eye on, then, for their folks. Not only do we have a really interesting battle in, in, in the nine jerseys, but also in the 12 jerseys um, as well, and potentially the eight jerseys. Because look, this could be I Arnie mean, Surveyor um, is what, a person that a lot of people are thinking be, of as being that All Blacks number eight. But Makalai um along with Hoskins Tatutu, is putting his hand up for that jersey. So, is this actually, do we have an, uh, an All Blacks? Um, kind of um uh, face off there in that eight jersey um, as well so yeah so a lot of good a lot of good matchups in this game um, because let's be honest we i don't think anyone expects either of these two teams to basically win the competition now um that's probably going to be the crusaders uh, i've got the fingertips on that um, but still um there are lots of intriguing uh, lots of sort of storylines um amongst us rather um, not just the uh, result Um, that's really kind of interesting in this one. Having said that, yep, well, I think I've already said, look, I think the Highlanders are better equipped for this game. They are away though, so I'm going Highlanders by three, not by a big
1: margin. Yep, I pretty much agree with what you said there. I'm going Highlanders by just the four points. Another close game. I mean, the season has proved that there's no such thing as a big win and even the big win we did see last week with the Crusaders and the Highlanders, that really wasn't. The the scoreline didn't reflect that game fully. No game has... Uh, this season being a completely dominant performance, which is great too for the competition and for the fans. You know, that you just never know And this round has been impossible to pick and really impossible. If you come out of four or four on this one, well done to you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've gone by three in every single game. Cause I think they're all, <laughs> huh? cause I think, yeah, they're all good. Um, so, yeah, Uh the, uh, I've gone for um yeah three home wins and an away win uh in there as well uh but yeah these are I think yeah we are up for a cracking um weekend of um of rugby. I'm not saying all the games will be high skilled and great fun to watch but um but I do think they'll be tense uh and close. Uh so yeah so definitely uh on that side of things. We're only about 15 minutes away from kickoff for the first game. So folks, we need to recharge our ba- re- recharge our drinks. Um, we need to grab ourselves some snacks. So um, what the, but I have a couple of things to ask you to do in that 15 minutes as well. Share the video. Um, let your friends know about New Zealand Sports Radio. Also, um, please uh, do uh, um, remember, you can listen to us on the go um, because remember, we're doing the morning sports briefing coming to you live at 7 a.m. every morning on Facebook or you can listen to us on your commute Um, by downloading your podcast. um, Just look for New Zealand Sports Radio on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Acast, or your favourite podcatcher. It's all there. Let's um, let's say just 15 minutes away from kickoff. Let's enjoy some live rugby, guys. Thank you very much, Cornflake, for joining me this evening.